1: We don't want our children to fall off a high chair, but you want them to acquire the skill of knowing where the border is. The strapping in there is to stop them moving. That's inhibiting the children in a way.
0: Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back. Today, we're talking about the seat in which your baby learns how to eat. That's right, high chairs. And when it comes to high chair design, there is no one more well known for iconic design in this space than Peter Opsvik of Norway. Peter Opsvick designed the Trip Trap high chair in 1972 when he looked around for a chair that allowed his son to sit in a natural way at the grown ups table. And because none such chair existed, he designed what is now known as the iconic Trip Trap chair, basically so he could include his son in, as he says, life round the table. So many of you may have this chair, the Trip Trap, or recognize it. It's sometimes likened to a ladder. So the Trip Trap is a wooden chair with an adjustable seat an adjustable foot plate, and it grows with your child. So the company that Peter designed it for, which is called Stuka, is headquartered in Norway, and they've actually sold more than 12 million trip trap high chairs. So it is one of the most globally recognized chairs. Personally, I love this chair. I have and use seven of the trip traps around the table for my seven children. They've really been a fabulous investment. Wonderful, especially if you have a smaller space where you're feeding your baby or babies, or if you're feeding multiples, it's wonderful because it has a much smaller footprint, like not one of those high chairs. It's going to take up your whole kitchen. So while Peter Opsvik's Trip Trap was designed and launched in 1972 when his son was little, 40 years later in 2013, Opsvik launched another chair called the Nomi, and this was really his realization of his vision for designing the next generation high chair, one that's dedicated to his grandchildren. So Peter Opswick is now 81 at the time of this recording. He continues to work every day. And Kirsty Vondras is a physiotherapist and an ergonomist who works very closely with Peter. In fact, she's worked with Peter Opswick for the last 13 years. So Kirstie is going to be on the podcast today sharing Peter's vision and philosophy about the chairs that he originally designed for his child and his grandchildren and now that millions of families have used around the world. So if you have a trip trap or a Nomi or if you're in the market for a high chair that will continue to serve your family and your child long after these initial stages of starting solids, I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. Because the Scandinavian design principles and the philosophies held by Peter and explained today by Kirsty are so very different from what we may have in mind when we go to select a seat for our baby to learn how to eat. So today on the podcast, Kirsty and I are going to be talking about the difference in American and European safety standards, why Norwegian families do not actually strap their babies or their toddlers in to the degree or the extent that Americans may think is necessary. This is going to be very eye-opening for a lot of you. It certainly was for me as kind of a control freak mom. Um, we'll be chatting about why the trip trap and the Nomi were designed with the very obvious absence of a tray and what that means. And then how the adjustable footrest is probably the most important safety and design component missing. From most high chairs today. So I hope you enjoyed this interview with Kirsty Vondross from the Peter Opsvik Company. Kirsty, thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited to have the opportunity to interview you.
1: It's a pleasure, Katie.
0: Thank you. Now, if you can, would you tell us a little bit about your background and how, you know, the whole life story, maybe how did you get into product design and then how did you come to work with Peter Opsvik?
1: Oh, it's a long story. I am a physiotherapist and I started working in our major hospital here in, in Oslo with people with back and neck problems. You know, people came into the hospital and more or less paralyzed with pain and never thought they would be able to come up and walk again. And with uh, treatment and uh, a lot of guidance We built them up again and they went home and they were fine and had a lot of uh, knowledge with how to behave to avoid back and neck problems. But then I saw that it was difficult for them to use the knowledge they had when they went back to work. So I thought... uh, our institution equivalent to OSHA would be an interesting place to work to see if I was able together with other people to create positive working environments where you could work but still keep your health. So I spent 10 years in OSHA uh, in charge of ergonomics and then I started thinking what about going into a detail of the totality because ergonomics is obviously much more than chair and tables but chair and tables were part of a totality and I wanted to see if we could make chairs in such a way that you didn't have to have problems with your body after sitting and working. So I started working in a Norwegian company that developed sitting solution for the working person. And that was a fantastically interesting period. I was there for 16 years. And then I met Peter Opswick, one of a number of designers we used in that process. And now the last 12 years, i worked solely with Peter and Peter's uh, designs, promoting them, talking about it, taking part in the product development so that was a long story but you know the background and and uh, how I ended up here
0: and you're still actively working with Peter is that correct yes yes wonderful can you tell us a little bit about the history of the design of the trip trap and then the nomi high chairs and especially with regard to promoting freedom and fellowship
1: yeah the trip trap chair was developed in the beginning of the 70s peter had just had his uh, son born in 69 was sitting on uh, an ordinary high chair as you know the high chair has uh, been around for for generations in old egypt they used high chairs so the high chair has been there for many many years and peter had his son sitting in a high chair but then when he reached that age year and a half you know when he didn't really need to sit with a sort of a support all around his waist, he was looking for other chairs that he could place his son around a table together with the rest of the family. And that did just not exist. So he thought he had to make his own. And The Trip trap was born then in 1972. And I think he did something very clever back then because he did not make it fit into what you call the design of the 70s. It had a distinct visual feature in the 70s, and the result is that the chair still looked quite fresh and modern. Had he designed it, given it the visual uh, design of What the kitchen looked like back in 1972, it would have been an outdated, very old-looking chair today.
0: Can we talk about tilting adult chairs versus non-tilting height chairs? Because Peter's chairs for children are static, meaning they don't rock. But I know movement and tilting and rocking, it's an important component of the chairs he designs for adults. Why is that?
1: Well, I mean, Peter is not known for movement and variation and he sees it as his um, target, if you like, to make chairs with as many comfortable and good sitting postures as possible and making it easy to move between them. Because grown-ups now, we tend to sit way too much. They say that Sitting is the new smoking. Sitting is not good for us. And as grown ups, there's a tendency when we sit down, we tend to sit there for way too long. Whereas small children, they bounce around, they move all the time, right up until somebody says sit still. They will be active, they will be moving. Whereas when they reach adolescence, you know, they tend to sit right until you ask them to move. So Peter's products for grown-ups will always promote variation between good postures making it very easy like a rocking chair if you like just to get a picture of what I'm talking about that it it follows you and it gives you that variation when you're sitting whereas little children they are like rubber balls they bounce all over the place they're always on the move and for them it is so important to have a stable and good footplate so that they can move as much as they like. They do not need to have products that are movable to move even more.
0: This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com/weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So Kirsty, parents often ask why the Tripp Trapp and Nomi high chairs do not come standard with a high chair tray. Could you elaborate more on this?
1: Yes, it was never part of and still is not part of either of the two chairs and the philosophy behind it. The whole idea when Peter came up with the um, trip trap and later the uh, city and the nomad chair, it was to have the child sitting together with the rest of the family around the table so that you can share the meal but also your thoughts and ideas on what have happened during the day and what have you. And in my country, the family uh, gatherings are uh, important part of our culture. So we share breakfast in the morning and there will be the main meal around five or six in the afternoon. We work until four. We don't work till six or seven. So there's still an afternoon together with the family and then be able to share your thoughts and ideas around the the table or the family table has always been a very important part of the culture, and also the uh, philosophy behind the product. But then things changes. We live differently today than what we did in the seventies. The chair is introduced to different markets where the culture again have different ways of doing it. Perhaps they're not eating all the meals together, and we saw that. Uh, both Stocker and Evil Move really wanted to have the ability to sell a tray that can be fitted to either the Stocker or the Triptop or to the Nomi chair. So Peter said yes to that, that Stocker could develop and uh, sell trays. But it's it's not part of, of his idea when he first made the chairs.
0: Now, what about the Nomi high chair, which some of our audience is familiar with as also one of Peter's designs, but very different?
1: Yeah, the trip chair can be then adjusted as the child grows. So the bigger the child, you lower the seat height and you lower the foot plate. It's not very complicated to do that, but you need an Allen key and uh, it takes a minute and you perhaps do it once a year or something so it's not all that big a deal but peter felt that it would be nice to have a chair where it was easier where you didn't need tooling to adjust to another child or when the child grew so he made for stock the company that has licensed the trip trap so just a few years after the trip trap was uh, launched He introduced a new chair to Stokke, and that was called City. And that was put in production and sold a few years. But Stokke felt that they wanted to concentrate on the trip truck chair. So a long story short there, then the Danish company Evilmove took over and updated the City chair and launched it five or six years ago. And they are built on the same principles that it goes with a child but it's easier to adjust the seat height and the height of the foot plate, if you like.
0: But the premise is the same, that it's a chair that grows with the child, but also a chair that can be brought to the table. Is that correct?
1: Indeed, yes. It's the essence of it. And it has that broad foot base, which is a very essential part of having a good product for children.
0: So now, as I understand it, can you still purchase the high chair without the tray for both of them? Oh, yeah. Parents, I think, sometimes are confused by the options.
1: The tray is not part of either the numi or the trip trap. It is something that the company stocker offers as an add-on, but it's not part of the trip trap, and it's not part of the no no me chair by Petropsi, if I can put it like that. So you can buy a stocky tray or you can buy a evil move tray that fits the product.
0: And I certainly agree with one of the benefits of baby led weaning and in general is that from your baby's first bites you can have the child joining in the family meal, but at least in the United States and, of course, many other parts around the world, too, depending upon where you live, if you do have a counter height or a bar height table, which is higher, the high chairs are not permissible to be that high from a safety standpoint. And I know you mentioned OSHA, which for our audience in the United States, that's the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. But Kirstie worked for the equivalent in Norway. And I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit about the high chair tip test? That high chairs have to pass and how that maybe has shaped the advent of these chairs, at least in our market in the United States.
1: Yeah, the chair has to be tested according to European standards. If it is to be sold on the European market, then you have international standards, you have Chinese standards, you have American standards, the ASTM standard in America. And these standards differ. So it's a challenge for a manufacturer to, or for a designer to design products that are fulfilling the needs you want. And then you meet standards that perhaps have been made with a different type of chair in mind. And I think particularly on the U.S. market, we see that the ASTM standard is made thinking of a totally different chair than a chair that grows with a child where you do not have the uh, tray, where you are to sit, where you are to climb in and out as soon as children manages that. So it's a problem or a challenge, I should say, to meet all these different standardization requirements. And when it comes to the tray, there is no requirement for a tray, but obviously it's got to be tested with a tray if it's provided with a tray. It's a challenging part to get it stable enough for table height of like we have today, standard table height if that should be up to a counter height I don't think that would be possible at all to be able to create something that is so stable it will be then have such a wide base that you won't fit it under the the counter and I think it will be counterproductive to try
0: that. And then if you had multiples and you had a few chairs, I can imagine it would kind of start yeah. taking over your kitchen. And one of the things I love about both Nomi and the Trip Trap is that the footprint is relatively small compared to many of the high chairs that we would see standard high chairs in the United mm. States. And so especially for families that live in smaller or more compact spaces, it oftentimes is just easier to include the baby at the table versus taking up half your kitchen with a very large, large high chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Now you mentioned the tray and I wanted to move next to the footrest. You did talk a little bit about the foot plate on the trip trap requires tools to change it. And we have seven trip traps at our house for our <laughs> kids and my husband's Least favorite day is having to change the footrest, but I'm always just trying to make sure that the kids are seated in the chair where their knees are at approximately a 90 degree angle so it's comfortable for them and they tend to fidget less at mealtime and for homework when they are seated with their feet resting flat on the footrest. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the footrest because in the United States, parents are starting to hear more about the importance, especially of a baby's feet resting Flat on the footrest, and many of the chairs that are marketed to us don't have that option, yet the Trip Trap and the Nomi do. So, could you speak a little bit about the footrest or the footplate?
1: For children, they are in the process of learning how to move, how to stand up, how to reach, how to behave like grown ups, and acquiring all the different skills of a little toddler. So, for babies, then, if they do not have feet on the elevated floor, if you like, on that foot plate, it will be difficult to have upper torso control. And that is important in order for your swallowing and uh, to be able to sit and do activities at the same time as you are eating. You need to have that upper torso control, if you like, and your feet are instrumental in order to have good support to give you that control over your body.
0: So we've talked a little bit about the sitting and the importance of that, the tray, the footrest. I was curious if you might talk a little bit about the straps. In the United States, as you mentioned, OSHA, there's obviously such a focus on safety, of course. Could you talk maybe a little bit about the overall notion of safety when it comes to high chairs in general and the freedom concept that you also discuss?
1: That's uh, such an interesting and such a complicated topic, isn't it? What is a safe high chair Of course, we don't want our children to fall off a high chair, but you want them to acquire the skill of knowing where the border is on the seat so that as grown ups we can sit on that seat without falling off it. And that is something that, in the process of growing up, you learn these skills. It's like walking uh, down a flight of stairs or climbing up the flight of stairs. Children have to go through that process, and the same then with a high chair and sitting. In the US, the ASTM standard says that you have to have straps or harness in addition to the guard. So you cannot say that we don't want to provide it. In Europe, it's not um, a requirement. It's enough with the guard. And I think perhaps because we are using the car seat so often and strapping the children into the car seat, people think or parents think that it is important to strap children into high chairs as well. But the reason why you're strapping them into the car seat is because if you have a collision, that child will, you know, have a a serious accident unless it's strapped into it. But for a high chair, it's totally different. There's no, they won't be thrown out of a high chair. So the the strapping in there is to stop them moving. And I think that's inhibiting the children in a way because it is important for them to be able to move and to change and to reach for something and to learn and acquire the skill of sitting. So the way I look at it, uh, the harness is not something you... It would be preferably if we didn't have to use it. But that standard in the U.S. is made with a different type of chair in mind. It's made thinking of a high chair with a tray, and you can't have a child climbing out of a high chair with a tray. It's dangerous. Whereas from a high chair like TripTap or the Nomad chair, it's part of the idea behind the chair that your child early should be able to climb in and out of the chair on their own. It's that balance, I think, providing the child with as safe an environment as possible. Totally safe it will never be, because should it be totally safe, the child would never start moving. They would just lie flat on the ground. But they start turning over, they go up on all fours, they start to walk. Yes, it is an unsafe period for the child. But that's why we as caretakers, caregivers to these children need to make sure that it is as safe as possible. I think little children are risk seekers. They, you know, enjoy it when they can run fast. Of course, it's a danger then that they can fall over. They love to be able to climb into the chair. They're so Proud when they acquire the skill of doing these activities that looks like a hurdle in the beginning and then become part of your skill, something you do without thinking about it.
0: Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing and of course stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm sure that Peter often gets asked how bead Scandinavian or Norwegian affects the design of his products and I was curious if you could expound a little bit on his approach to family meals. We've already touched a little bit on the notion of being able to bring the baby to the table. And I think what you are saying about the freedom concept will be very ear-opening, I guess, to some of our audience, because it's very different in the United States where the goal is sometimes just get the kid in the chair, strap them in. You end up, it's so top-down where the child's not really the one directing the activity, as you say. So anything else you could add about how family meals and the importance of that have helped shape the design of the trip trap and the Nomi chairs?
1: Yeah, from the ergonomic standpoint, obviously, it's like every child, whatever size, should be able to have a good height for sitting and eating or drawing or working or do whatever, playing on the tabletop. So that's the reason why you can adjust it into height and depth to accommodate children of all sizes and shapes in addition to that where you reduce the height difference between the children around the table and the grown-ups interaction becomes easier you're not looking down at the children you're on this more or less the same high level so that you are equal in a way and i think that there's so many things that children are like a little sponge aren't they they try to mimic what the grown-ups do around a table and it's a learning process in that too and also that you will listen to what they say they will listen to you there will be an interaction that uh, hopefully results in a more enjoyable time For everyone around the
0: table. Okay, I have to ask you because we have seven children, age six and under. I have a six-year-old, I have four-year-old quadruplets, and two-year-old twins. So we have a small table where the breakfast and lunch we eat separate from the dinner table, and the stoka, the trip traps, are around that. I have the straps for the two little ones because my assumption is if I don't strap them in, they're just going to pop up and down and run all over the place. And I turn my back and then there's seven kids running around my kitchen. Are you saying if, like my family lived in Norway and those seven (laughs) chairs were around the table, do the parents not, they do not strap the toddlers in at all? I mean, they do not risk falling out. It is not a safety thing. For me, it is a, I hate to say it, but it's a control thing. Do parents there just let the kids pop (laughs) up and down?
1: Usually you buy the chair without the strap on. It doesn't come with a strap in Europe. You can buy them as a separate thing, but when you buy the trip trap, there are no straps on it. So yes, I, I'm not sure. Um, probably they are... Uh... You
0: are helping me to rethink the dynamic at my table, which is sometimes about control as a parent, even though you hate to hear yourself say that, but yeah. is that an enjoyable experience for your kids if they feel restrained and not able to respond to their own biology, which is, as you mentioned, the need to move around frequently. I've seen in kindergarten, it's very common to
1: have a trip and numi in in kindergartens here in Norway. And there you have 14 children, one year to three years, sitting around a table and they're not strapped in. So it's got to be made interesting for them because if, if they lose interest in, yes, interest, they will climb out or down from the chair. I read an article just yesterday from uh, kindergarten here in Norway where they felt that the guard was probably keeping the child longer around the table than what they otherwise would do if you took away the guard. So because the guard is there, so the child will not fall off. But after a while, they will acquire the skill to move, to climb out of the chair. But uh, I'm not sure. Have you tried not strapping them in and
0: see what happens? Yes, I go crazy, but I'm going to rethink my approach. So I appreciate the insight. Yeah. You mentioned the guard. And so that's for parents, If that's a plastic guard that now when you buy the high chair for both of the chairs, the high chair setup has the guard with it. In my experience, uh, having... Two sets of multiples, one always being bigger than the other, there comes a point where you actually just can't fit the child into the chair comfortably. Like it becomes a struggle. They, I just said, they kind of outgrow it. And I feel that that's for my babies, at least around 18 months where I'm like, okay, we've got to take the guard off now because it's too much of a struggle to get you in and out. Is there a recommended age at which you think the guard would be most appropriate to be removed?
1: Uh, I think, you know, for a manufacturer, they have to be careful what they recommend there. I know. (laughs) but I I can use my two grandchildren as examples. Uh, They are two years apart. And the little one, when she was sitting with her guard, she saw her brother sitting in the same chair without a guard. And I realized that every time I lifted her out of her high chair, she would try to get over to his chair and climb in. And then I thought to myself, "Okay, I'll sit here and watch and see what she would do. And she was able to climb right up onto his seat and turn around, sat down and looked at me with a smile, you know, that said everything. I managed it. I don't need that guard. That was what she told me with her face. And she was not yet a year at that age. So it will depend on the child. It will depend on how you can control it in a way and how much or how um, difficult you find it. If the child just uh, said, I don't want to sit here anymore, I'm leaving the table and then climb and go down. I think it's difficult to give a specific requirement for age on that. It's It varies so much with the parents and with the children, but you, you cannot take it away until you are sure that the children realize where the end of the seat is so that they're not falling off.
0: I love the way you phrase that, because sometimes as parents, we look for, you hear about milestones by one year, your baby should do this and 15 months, they should do that. And of course, anyone who's had more than one child knows they do things at different stages, not like your granddaughter at one could pull herself up in that chair. Some children are not that mobile at one. Some might achieve that earlier. And like you say, though, when a company's manufacturing a product with, of course, safety having to be the overarching concern, they sometimes are loath to set that exact age. But it's nice to hear your experience <laughs> with your grandchildren. Yeah. And we, we kind of need to keep in mind that all of our children are different. So thank you for sharing that. Well, Kirsty, thank you so much for sharing all of this amazing information and for speaking on behalf of Peter and sharing your background as a physiotherapist and ergonomist. Where can we go to learn more about your work and? high chair choices in general, but in particular the TripTrap and the Nomi?
1: On Peter Opsvik's homepage, which is uh, opsvik.no, there is so much information and not only showing his product, but the philosophy behind it and uh, ways of uh, holding uh, presentations. There will be things prepared so that they can download. There's a lot of information to get there. So that's one way of acquiring more information. And obviously, stock and Evil Move will have a homepage with information as well.
0: And I will link to all of the resources that Kirsty shared in the show notes for this episode if you go to blwpodcast.com. Kirsty, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Kirsty Vondras from the Peter Opsvit Company. It's like always mind-blowing to me how much she knows about high chairs and the background and the safety. And I know we kind of went through in particular, the trip trap and the Nomi chairs that Peter Opsvik designed. I want to link to everything that she mentioned in the podcast today. I'll do that on the show notes for this episode. And you guys can find that at blwpodcast.com forward slash 92. And something to keep in mind, sometimes parents kind of balk at the price of the Nomi and the Trip Trap. And of course, there are many other high chairs out there. People say, you know, why don't you offer or recommend or talk about lower priced items? I personally only speak to the products that I've. Purchased and used in my own home for my own seven children and in my own baby feeding practice working with other people's children. And I only use the trip trap and the Nomi because of all of the features that Kirsty helped describe today. So there's definitely other options out there. But a couple of things to keep in mind. The trip trap, because it's older, right? It's been around since 1972. You can almost always find it used. Of course, it depends upon where you are. But I always got mine on Craigslist. I'm in San Diego. I generally paid about $90 for a trip trap. I mean, some of these chairs are probably 30, 40 years old. You wouldn't even know it. They hold up so well. The Nomi, of course, is newer and the price tag is a little bit higher, but do think about the fact that you need to feed your baby three times a day for the foreseeable future, right? I look at parents who spend like astronomical amounts of money on a stroller. Like it's ridiculous what some people are paying for a stroller, that they maybe use Every couple of days, depending upon like how old your baby is and how active you are, a high chair is certainly an investment. And I would encourage you, if it is something that you're thinking about investing in, to look at a high quality high chair like the Nomi or the Trip Trap. So again, I'll link to both of those products on the show notes for this episode with some more of the design features. That's at blwpodcast.com forward slash 92. Hope you guys like this interview and I'll see you next time. Bye now.